Hi, Chris. Hey, Jess. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm super excited to be here、uh, yet again on another episode of our podcast, Food for Thoughts.、Um, one of the goals of our podcast, as you know, and as I hope the listener is starting to know, is、uh, to break down terms that we see in the Bible or in the church,、um, to break down some terms that we may not、uh, Like, understand really well.、Um, and so, those are kind of the things we want to discuss. Those are what we want to wrap our minds around. But before that, we also want to have snacks.、Um, and、oh, we're、yeah. stuck at home now. So, we have to get really creative with these snacks.、Um, basically, what we did is we just like looked online、um, for like different、uh, combination of snacks that we could try out. And, Chris, you found something that I was originally opposed to. You want to you tell us about that? <laughs> Yeah, so we, we looked into unusual flavor combinations、wow. that surprisingly work well. <laughs> But we're going on faith because、uh, we, don't, we haven't tried these. But one that we're trying today, and actually I have tried this once before and I can attest that it's good, is pickle with peanut butter. When, you guys, when Chris told me that, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> But apparently, you've tried it and it、today. tastes fine.、Um, so, I'm excited to see what it's going to be like. It tastes good. Like, I have some, here. a spoonful of crunchy peanut butter lying on top of a pickle, and I'm going to take、yeah. a bite that has equal parts peanut butter and pickle. So, wait, hold on. Okay, equal parts. Equal parts. Around that. Yeah. Okay. I'm totally coating this with enough peanut butter. Okay, this is enough, right? <laughs> That looks good, yeah. Okay. We're ready? For,、uh, yeah, are you crunchy or smooth? I'm curious.、Uh, this one's kind of in the middle, a bit crunchy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, bon appetit. Mmm. It's beautiful. That's good, eh? Both of them are salty. Mmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.、Mm. It's great. It makes the peanut butter taste less sweet. That's true. More peanutty. That's true. There you go. You described、mm. it well. Yeah. Oh my gosh, guys. Hold on. Okay, Chris, say something because I need <laughs> Jess is going、point. in for seconds. She's setting it up. Yeah, it's, it's really good. I highly recommend it. Maybe, I mean, it sounds like one of those things that pregnant women would be obsessed with.、Um, but in this case, it's good for anybody, I think. It's very, I think if someone has a sweet tooth, you're not going to be impressed.、Um, but my palate is changing, you guys. I don't know if it's age. And this is just the, the saltiness of this. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's a good segue because you're changing. Which is what the topic of the Ooh, podcast is. Ooh, yeah. So today, the term that we want to break down is repentance. Like, what does repentance even mean? Like, as a big fancy word in the Bible. But I think when we ask that question, we're like, what does change look like?、Um, I think, like,、uh, essentially, like, the root word for repentance is like kind of changing direction.、Um, so, yeah, so today we kind of want to go into as a Christian who is super imperfect and who has like all these hang ups.、Um, What does change look like?、Um, whether you want to change and、um, read the Bible more or like with more intentionality, or whether you want to stop a certain sin in your life,、um, whether you want to、um, share the gospel more, or like whatever change you're trying to do, what does that even look like?、Um, mm-hmm. 
And what I'm learning, Chris, is that change is, uh, it has to come from the heart. <laughs> as, uh, as cheesy as that is, like, um, I think when we look at the Old Testament, there's so many incidences, I couldn't pick just one, but so many incidences where God is faulting people for their hearts being turned away from him. Um, you, you read the Old Testament and you get the sense that, yeah, God wants to be in relationship with these people, but their hearts are so stubborn and their hearts are so hard. Um, and I think sometimes that's why we don't experience change because we, we yeah. kind of want to treat change as like a surface thing. Um, but it's actually, it's actually a heart thing. So yeah. I agree with you. I think that there's, from what I can decipher, three different components to repentance. I think the first is like, when you agree with God about mm. your sin, mm-hmm. like you recognize, oh, that's like your right, God. That is wrong. Yep. That's not the right attitude. That's not the right practice. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's an intellectual aspect of it, of, of agreeing with God. Then there's a heart attitude of actually being, feeling that sense of grief over mm. your sin or that sense of sorrow. So there's an emotional approval of, like, I want to change. Like, I, yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. I feel you know, caught up by this. And then the, then lastly, it's like a personal decision. Like I am going to turn, I'm yep. going to take my, you know, I'm going to change direction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I think you're right. The heart has to be into it. Mm-hmm. And like, um, the, the heart has to be into it. And like we gave examples from uh, the Old Testament, but one story in the New Testament that really uh, shows a lot of repentance, a lot of uh, someone agreeing, like you said, with what God says about an issue. Um, there's the New Testament story of Zacchaeus. Um, Zacchaeus was, okay, when you read that story in the gospel, it sounds like he was just like this rich guy, but I think there was more to his character than that. A little rich guy, yeah, <laughs> short as well. <laughs> well, he was uh, he was described as a tax collector. Okay, and uh, whatever your feelings of the tax <laughs> like institution is today, <laughs> uh, what is definitely a, a historical fact is that back in those days, the tax collectors were agents of the Roman Empire. Okay. Therefore, they were agents of the oppressing empire. Like so, these were your oppressors who had come in and conquered the land. And so the tax collectors were their agents. They were kind of like the the thugs, the the money men of the Roman Empire. And they asked, already the Roman Empire has asked for these exorbitant taxes from the people that just sort of crippled any ability to be able to be, you know, prosperous. But on top of that, the tax collectors themselves, uh, there was no governing body that would regulate them in any sense so they were known to be very very deceitful they were very manipulative they Mm. were outright hostile towards people to get as much money from them as possible so they were really ruthless people that everyone hated them because not only were they ruthless but they were also you know agents of the of the oppressive state they were just disliked for good, good reason. Yeah, nobody like, liked these guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one, yeah. no, no one liked them because um, they were like mean and they were thugs and they were ruthless. Um, but yeah, you go back to the story of Zacchaeus, um, 
And like for one for one minute, he's exactly like what you're describing a tax collector was really mean. And the next minute, he's like, "Hey, I'm gonna give all my money to the poor." And you read that story, and you're like, "Man, what happened to you? Like you were living it up, you were getting people's money, and like being super mean to them. And all of a sudden, like, why are you giving your money to the poor now?" Um, and I I think when I read that story. Um, what happened to him was he met Jesus. Um, we think yeah. Jesus will do some crazy things, man. <laughs> it really will. <laughs> yeah. And um, I think what I took out from that story is um, Zacchaeus experienced real change of the heart because he had an encounter with Jesus. And I think about my own life and I think sometimes the reason why it's so hard for me to change and like when my heart isn't into it and when I don't want to change direction is because it's been so long since I've had an encounter with Jesus. Um, I become so comfy in my relationship with Jesus that I don't aspire to change. And like, sometimes I'm like, okay, well, God can just change this situation, but I don't spend as much time asking God to change my heart. Um, but if I did, maybe things would be different. If we let ourselves encounter Christ again and again, I think, uh, that would really propel us to change. Yeah. It reminds me of that question. Uh, if your like 12 year old self could see you today, what, what would they think of you? It's always been an interesting question for me because when I was 12, I was really the furthest thing from being a Christian. I, okay. I considered myself an atheist. I hated the idea of, of God. Um, and so if I was to meet myself today, I'd be like, what the heck? Like, I mean, the idea that I'm a pastor would have blown <laughs> my little 12 year old brain <laughs> right out the water. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah. I mean, it, God changes us mm. like, like crazy. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you became a Christian, but maybe it'd be the same for you. You know what? I'm kind of scared to think about. I think there's definitely some things that my 12 year old self would be like, what? You're still here in the cold in Canada. <laughs> but yeah. We had a deal. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's true. Eh? Uh, thankfully, God's grace is something that can change us beyond like what we can imagine when we're a uh, little totally 12. Totally beyond what we can imagine. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And so, like, um, keeping along with that, I think sometimes another um, thing that can make it difficult for us to change, like we said before, when our hearts aren't into it, when it's been a while since we've encountered God. But um, I think sometimes if we're honest with ourselves, we don't really want to change and we're not really ready for change. Um, We can... We can see like Christians around us who look like they have their whole lives together. And so you're like, oh, yeah, like I really do want to give my money to the poor and change that. Or, oh, yeah, I really do want to stop lying and stop sitting and all of that. But but do you really (laughs) do you really want to make that sacrifice? Um, And as I was thinking about that, um, there's this model of counseling um, that I've read about a few times that I've taken a a few classes on. And it's called motivational interviewing. And the idea is that in in this um, context, what a counselor does is you take someone through different stages of change and you're right with you're right there with them in those stages of change, like change isn't something that's automatic, but it comes in like different phases. And the first phases are the most boring one. Um, one of them is called the contemplation phase. And it's that idea that, you know, sometimes someone isn't ready to change and you just need to contemplate, okay, what would my life actually look like if I changed directions? What would my life actually look like if I agreed? 
agreed with God on the issue of the sin that I keep on doing. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes it's almost as if we want to precipitate change and like make it come really quickly. But have I really counted the cost of what removing this sin from my life, what that'll do to me? Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think that's an important thing to realize. Like, am I ready for this change that I say that I want to make? Well, it sounds very much like what Jesus was saying, like counting the cost. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. Are you ready to follow me? Like really, like Jesus would, Jesus would tell people that they weren't ready, yeah, they, unless they were ready yeah. to count the cost. So, and it yeah, was I mean, it was almost kind of part. him um, because yeah, if mm. someone's not ready, then you're just going to get frustrated at them for like not changing. So sometimes it's just better to let them do their thing until they are ready. So yeah, yeah. yeah. But then again, like I think what can make us ready is to know that as what it was at the heart of all genuine repentance is the gospel. Mm, mm-hmm. You know, it's not some kind of like self-motivating thing. That's true. We ought to be motivated by what the gospel says mm-hmm. and like contemplating that mm-hmm. I think is, is really the fuel for change in our life. Yeah. Contemplating that and like uh, contemplating like Christ as a person um, who wants to, wants to forgive us, who wants to offer us a life that actually is um, worth living. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Contemplating that you're right. That is, that is a big key to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at the end of the day, once we, once we think we're ready, which is what that first stage is like, okay, like, I think I understand what this is going to cost me and it's something I'm willing to give. What do we do? Um, When, yeah, when you think you're ready, I think one thing we can do, (laughs) we can't do it. (laughs) As as crazy as that sounds, like we can say I'm ready to change, but as much as I want to change, I want you to be the source of this change. Like I've, I've taken the time to read and pray and think about who you are and I've encountered you and, and I don't want this to be just me working out of my own strength. Um, and I think a verse where we where we kind of get a picture of that is um, Psalm 51, verse 10. Um, mm. The writer says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Um, in this situation, David is asking God... Okay, that, that whole story, I don't know how much time we have, but that whole story was like a whole mess. Um, David mm-hmm. like killed somebody and like he took somebody's wife and like now somebody's dead and then the prophet comes up to him and confronts him. And David makes a big show of like, oh, people who act this way, we should blah, 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 blah. And then the prophet is like, essentially, you're the sinner here, David. Like you're the one who, who did like a whole bunch of really crazy things. Um Just- so uh, Uno Reverse card out on David. He did. <laughs> That's really good. Uno Reverse. <laughs> yeah. And so if you read that, that song, Psalm 51, you definitely see David like um, expressing his need for change. Um, so kind of what we're saying, like he wants to change direction. And so what do we do? Well, he asks God to change his heart, to create in him a clean heart. Um, is there a, is there a, because you were saying that the beginning of this was like psychological model. Yeah. Is there a, is there a, a kind of a, an equivalent for that within the model itself? Cause I'd imagine they don't say in a secular counseling, mm-hmm. you know, uh, context they don't say well if you want to change, look to God. Yeah. What no, do they say? <laughs> I do think, they say um, if you want to change. Okay. So one of the, the next stages is like the preparations change. Like, okay, if you still, you want to make this change, like how can you prepare yourself for that? And like, let's say it's in the case of addiction. Um, 
And every day when you get off the bus, you see your dealer. Okay, well, prepare to like take a different bus route or something. And so like make those. Yeah, essentially, you're, you're telling the person make those active changes yourself um, so that, you know, you can maintain this change that you say you want to maintain, um, which is valid in some cases. But definitely the Christian model is like before we start preparing and before we start taking those steps, uh, come to me and like ask me for what you need, you know. I mean, if it's strength that you need for the journey, like ask me for that. And if it's grace, ask mm-hmm. me for that. And we can ask God to create in us a clean heart. So, yeah, I don't know yeah. if that kind of answers your question, but it that's does. what it I mean, says. Yeah. It makes sense to fit the idea of like asking God into the preparation stage because I guess to prepare for the journey ahead, we need to sort of like metaphorically like pack uh, ourselves with this dependency upon God mm, in mm-hmm. the difficult times mm-hmm. uh, and in the, the moments of temptation to be able to have the right attitude of like calling out to him and relying on him and maybe even like memorizing scripture to be able to bring that out yeah. at, at key moments of temptation, like relying mm-hmm. on his word rather than our own hearts, like shoutings. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I want to go back to that word you said, like dependency on God. Like, ah, that's so important. Um, It is, yeah. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, like it says, like we've already said it, but the true fuel of repentance from a Christian perspective needs to be the gospel. Yeah. Like this is what prompts us to change. Mm -hmm. Um, Even though Jesus said, like, following me is going to cost you everything, he still knew that he was worth it. Mm. Like he was worth everything. He was worth changing everything in your life. That's true. Because that was the way that you were going to really flourish as a human being. And he's onto something there. You know, he gets it. Like he, he's not wrong. Like it's going to cost you everything, but it's going to be the best thing for you. It's going to be so worth everything. So we need to kind of let that be the fuel, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Figure out how it all works to be able to grab hold of this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that he has for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like that, yeah. And just to um, bring in another perspective on like the idea of repentance um, and depending on God, I found a quote um, by this guy. His name is W. I don't know what the W stands for, but W.E. and Thomas. And then he says, Repentance happens the moment you genuinely admit that I cannot and only God can. So that moment when you agree with the gospel And then he says, it means acting on the assumption that this is true and exposing every situation to him moment by moment for him to accomplish what you cannot while you tell him, thank you. (laughs) And so Mm -hmm. it's that idea that, yeah, once um, you agree with the gospel, like you were saying, um, repentance starts from there. And then because you agree with the gospel, asking God for help uh, to do the things that you can't do. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's kind of reminds me of that, um, that. There's a, like a saying that God saves us from and to. So there's, you know, he saves us from certain damaging sinful practices, but he saves us to a life of holiness. Oh, yeah. And I think part of the part of the great way to overcome things is not simply to have the goal, like, I want to stop doing that, mm. but to supplement that and to, to finish the equation to say, I want to stop doing that and and start doing this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by rather than just sort of saying, like, I'm going to stop focusing on that, you're saying, I'm shifting my focus to this. Right. right. And I think the action of, like, focusing on doing good 
rather than just focusing on not doing bad is the fullness of what we're called to do. And it's so much easier to be able to make changes when you have something positive to focus on rather than simply stop doing negative stuff. It's like start doing good stuff. And there's so much in the Bible that we can, you know, that's obvious. It's like, Hey, you know, try this, you know, start doing these things, Mm -hmm. start caring for others. Like take your focus off of yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, the ideas of like prayer and, and fasting and meditating on God's word and and, in the private and in the public, like, you know, being generous and being relational and all of these things are so good. Like these good things that we could be focusing on. And I've noticed within myself that when I put my attention towards doing good, rather than just not doing bad, the bad doesn't seem as tempting and appealing anymore. Mm I don't have as much, you know, space in my head to even be tempted by it because mm-hmm. my my heart is full of other things quite yeah often. yeah nice you're talking of there's this other kind of psychological thing that you're saying like kind of when your mind because you just said oh my mind kind of wants to do something else and my heart kind of wants to um there's like oh this huge movement um now about like neuroplasticity and it's just like mm-hmm. the idea that you can train your brain to literally like once you start doing those positive things, like once you start, I don't know, like doing yoga instead of like um, going back to your addictions, like that actually changes how your brain works. Um, and I think like the Christian equivalent of that that we do see in scripture is that, you know, to answer that prayer, creating me a clean heart while well, your heart changes when you start doing those those actions, those different things, when you start pursuing um, the good instead of just saying no to the bad. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how do we change, Jess? Well, how would you sum it up? Yeah, so to sum it up, like true change comes from a heart um, that has encountered Christ, um, a heart that has contemplated what change and repentance means practically, um, how change will affect your life. And it means asking God for the grace to change your heart because you can't do it on your own. You can't change on your own. So I think those things um, constitute change and repentance. And um, to end on kind of a personal note, um, I remember last week I was driving and I was very, very sweaty because I was nervous <laughs> about a conversation <laughs> I needed to go have with someone. Um Yeah, because essentially I had to be honest with that person about something. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was driving there and like I was so uncomfortable. But then at one point I was like, wait a minute, this is good. If I'm essentially changing, if I'm choosing that I'm going to be honest with this person and I'm not going to lie, regardless of like if it doesn't feel right, like it's the right thing to do. Um, And so, yeah, like when we pray to ask God to change our hearts, like I... I can say, like, personally, that he does answer those prayers. And, like, it feels uncomfortable at first. um, But sometimes the discomfort is good. So, yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, Change is not easy. Yeah. Change is hard. And becoming, like, it's it's often much easier just to do what we've always done. Yeah. um, And to fall into the same trap over and over again. It's much easier to choose... uh, to choose temporary ease over long-term growth. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that can hold us back sometimes, but nothing truly great in this world is easy. Mm. I like and that, yeah. The greatest things that we can achieve as human beings um, will require us to develop a character 
to be able to handle these things, mm-hmm. you know, and to be able to actually bring these things about. Uh, and that's especially true uh, of the Christians. You know, Christ, the Christian mindset is, you know, we we are this we have this constant sense of turning away. Like repentance isn't something you do once in a while. Repentance no. is something you do every day. Mm-hmm. It's a sense of every day choosing to do life God's way, not my way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But as we do it, we are cultivating within us like this amazing, uh, this amazing kind of fruitfulness and a beauty to life, which is like you're never going to regret it. Like exactly. I've, I have regretted so many things. Like in terms of like what, the ways I spent my time. Like I can look back and say I've wasted so much time, like watching TV or you know, like uh, you know, just fooling around on the internet or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't, I don't regret a single second of time I've spent like in prayer yeah. or helping another yeah. person or communicating with God or, you know, wrestling with his word. I don't regret a single second. Mm. And so to recognize like the type of life we're, we're called to and how as difficult and painful as change can be, how absolutely worth it it is. That's true. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's cool. You know, like that's, that's what it's, part of the motivation to to yeah, live man. a life that you don't regret anything mm-hmm. it's going to be worth it in the end so yeah and yeah. i'm sure that no matter how that conversation went you didn't regret having it no it actually was fine i shouldn't have been sweating so much like it was it's actually a good talk no, <laughs> well that's a good point too is like our, you know the fear over what we potentially might lose mm. is often way overblown exaggerated yeah yeah, yeah. so Yep, yep. With that, we hope um, that these um, these things can help you uh, think about your own uh, journey towards change and your own um, journey towards contemplating more about Christ's character. Um, but if you do have more questions, there is our email that we're gonna leave in the in the show notes, um, and we'd love to hear from you. And if you have ideas of topics that you really want us to discuss to discuss or go into more depth about, um, be sure to write to us. And until then, uh, take care. We'll see you guys next time. See you guys next time. Thanks for stopping by. Bye. Bye.